Hey, good morning, Mortgage and Real Estate World. Todd Duncan with you on a Thursday Coffee with Todd. We have an awesome opportunity today to spend some time with a good friend of mine, Travis Gregg. Travis is uh, a high trust ambassador. He has uh, uh, had the remarkable shift in uh, some business decisions over the last couple of uh, months or so. He was showcased last year on our sales mastery stage and uh, really, really doing a great job. And uh, we wanted Travis to come on today to talk about mindset and positivity and making making decisions. Decisions are what determine where we go in life and, and how we get there. And uh, we're going to have a great half hour or so with Travis Gregg. Travis, good to have you, man. Thanks, Todd, for having me. I know it's yeah. kind of last minute, but I'm super excited. No, it's uh, it's great. I, I have such fond memories of just uh, all of our times together, but particularly last year on the Sales Mastery stage, that was just a, a really sweet moment. Um, and just being able to listen to you as such a such a complete, comprehensive kind of professional guy that's got a, a very, very powerful value structure in himself. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, I have fond memories of that. I'll always remember that. So uh, it's good to have you on our universe today. And uh, thousands of people are going to be able to see what we talk about. And uh, thanks, Love everybody, it. for joining live. It's, it's great to be with you guys doing these interviews and just bringing light to the marketplace. And uh, today is no different than any other day. We're going to showcase some great talent and have some fun doing it. If you have any questions during the the podcast uh, interview, just go ahead and post them on the live comment section. We'll go ahead and uh, address them as we kind of roll along. If you're a leader and a manager and you'd like to reshare this, you can do that at our hightrust.com website. And uh, obviously you can reshare uh, this video as well. So Travis, let's get into this. Uh, I think we'll start off with just uh, setting the stage. You are six months into um, a pretty massive career transition. Yes. Um, talk about, talk about where you were and what it was and talk about why and why you decided and then what you decided to do with your, your career as a mortgage profession. Sure. So I started as a loan originator in 14 and went to go work for a bank right away. You know, I had no prior mortgage experience, so I had a great opportunity. And, uh, over the years, you know, I, I, um, you know, got lots of experience, you know, within three years, you know, I became the number one on the scorecard, you know, as far as like ranking goes uh, for a lot of metrics. And I got involved with the high trust ecosystem and, you know, kind of led from one thing to another. And what I realized is that I really need to focus on what I can do to provide the best customer service that I can for my clients. And it comes down to, you know, how do I do that? And I started just kind of looking and searching for, you know, what that means. And I was contacted by Ruoff and it kind of started the whole wheels in motion. Interesting. Interesting. So you, um, you, you were, I, I want to back up just a bit. Number one LO in the bank and you mentioned scorecard. I think it might be good to kind of deviate a little bit and just talk about yeah. what were some of the things that, that your scorecard then, even though you're now at a new company and I'm sure doing the yeah. same things, obviously that led you to be the number one LO yeah. scorecard wise, what are the things that, uh, that, that were being measured in, in, and what was your approach to those things to achieve that kind of status? Cause I hear quality, I hear efficiency, I hear customer sat, right. I hear all yeah. that. Talk, talk a little all bit about that. Yeah, all of those. So, um, uh, pull through rates, you have customer sat scores, you have, um, the percentage of loans that are purchased, 
you know, all those different metrics, um, you know, quality, you know, of the application too. So all those things kind of put together. I wasn't the largest volume, you know, lender in the company by any means, but I was very consistent to structure my business in a way that was efficient and focusing yeah. on what really mattered. Yeah. And I think today, you know, the, the industry is, is obviously at an interesting uh, point in time. We've got, you know, all that's going on with low interest rates and all that's going on with, you know, refinances and stuff like that. And, and I think probably a lot of efficiency is getting tested right now. You know, there's probably some breakage in, in pipelines being full, but what does it mean to you as a professional loan originator to own metrics to own efficiency and quality what has that done for you and your life and your family and talk through that a little bit well it's all about setting the right expectations up front you know with anybody that you're working with whether it be you know the the loan processors that you're working with or the clients that you're working with setting expectations up front and really owning the process you know if you make a mistake you better be the first to say hey you know what raise your hand. You know, it was me not pushing it off to somebody else and saying, oh, the underwriters are really kind of, you know, making this really messy for us. Well, really, I'm the one that has to take ownership to really focus on what could I have done better to make the process not get to where it was, you know, up front. So I think by doing that was really something that kind of really taken ownership for the process and knowing that I had control <laughs> as much as I could within myself to make everything, you know, smooth or the best that it could be for the client. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that's, that's super interesting to us at, at, at High Trust, particularly in our coaching business is there's a major link between a, an LO and, and obviously leaders and managers owning quality and, and, and having um, a real sense of deep pride and ownership around the quality of the business they do. Mm -hmm. And too many people, I think, get attracted to quantity first. And, and it's all about like, how many can I do? Where at the end of the day, it's really not how many you do, it's how well do you do whatever you do, right? Because then the quality mm -hmm. piece really attracts more business. You've had that. You're, you've brought it from the bank now to your to your new organization, and um, and you said to me uh, on our pre call that um, the number one thing for you is serving clients. Period. Correct. That's it. Number one. Period. So what's what is the attitude of an LO that that recognizes? And I'm not I'm not suggesting that you know the thousands of people that watch this are are not about service first, not about really taking good good care of the client, but. What does that actually look like from a mindset? What are some of the practical applications that you can share with the, the viewership on, on how that how that develops and what it produces for you each and every day from everything from a you know a security, you know, confidence, joy? I mean, what 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 happens to an LO who owns it, who commits to quality? So right away up front, I mean, egos aside, right? You have to truly listen and be kind to any person that you talk with, treat mm -hmm. them just like you would want to be treated. And you're not selling a product. You're selling something that's going to affect their finances for a long time. So there's a, a lot of responsibility that I place on my shoulders to treat them the way that I would want to be treated if I was um, going through that same process. So I think listening um, being kind, number one, and serving them the best that, that that you can and really understanding what it is that they are are looking for. You know, ask questions that 
um, you always talk about, tell me your story, you know, yeah. you learn a lot from somebody by doing that. And then it just creates a connection that really allows you to serve them even better. And that's really been one of the big, big game changers for me in, in serving clients and um, having Wayne Angelo, you know, I, I do high trust, high trust coaching. He is, you know, the biggest heart that there is out there. And I think you could attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. I know he's a solid man. I, I, our entire coaching faculty, we're so blessed by the caliber of coaches that we have. And Teresa Dad is our, our first coach. She's on this Facebook live every single time we do it. Good to see you, Teresa. And um, so, so let me, let me kind of move a little bit to um, the questions and listening. So I, I think as I say this to all of you viewing this and certainly Travis, I'd like you to unpack it. You know, this new product that we created as a resource for these times, you know, new content, new economy is called Connect. And um, session 10 is entitled um, Better Questions, Deeper Relationships. And session 11 is entitled Listen. And when you think about questions and listening, what, what's your take on just the art of questions and listening? Because it's my opinion that almost every originator knows the mechanical questions to ask, yeah. you know, particularly in a prequal and things like that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm fairly confident. I think I've got my, my uh, fingers on the pulse that, that, that most don't ask the kind of defining questions that really unleash the knowledge that allows you to connect at a deeper level. So what's your mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that. So for, you know, everybody knows rate. Everybody knows, you know, what the fees are. You know, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, but going deeper than that for me is truly finding out what's important outside of this. So why are, what are their goals when it becomes, you know, for their family? You know, what do they do outside of work for fun? Um, how how long do they want to be in this house? You know, when do they want to get this house paid off? You know, what are their goals outside of owning a home, you know, do, do they want to go on trips, you know, and how that all fits into this mortgage. I mean, it's not just a mortgage and they buy a house, right. it's, it's more than that. And finding out their story is a, is a big part of putting it all together. Yeah. And then, and, and so I would say to everybody, I really want you to do this. It's a, and it's, I think it's particularly revealing in markets like we're in right now where you know for for most people pipelines are are just jammed right it's just like uh, the the industry's great rates are low and it's not difficult to 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 do a deal it's it's difficult to manage the pipeline and balance life and home and then you add covid to it and you know you got all that stuff kind of going on but at the end of the day i'm going to just tell everybody that um in my personal belief relationships rule and uh, I believe you can get any amount of transactions you ever want, as long as you focus on deepening your relationship. And we, we talk often in particularly the Academy and Masterclass about shallow relationships produce superficial results and, uh, and that deeper relationships produce extraordinary results. So the, the question of all questions is what is your question to connect, right? And, and you've got to be able to ask the kinds of questions that I believe distinctively separate you from the norm. I don't know a lot of borrowers that maybe in the first five minutes with a lender are asked the question, so tell me your story. 
and you mm-hmm. can talk to the borrower, the co-borrower, whomever it is, and you can get all kinds of just connection information. And then just the deeper you go, um, it's incumbent upon you to listen more. So how's that translate to your to your shift and and what do you believe about the questioning piece and the listening piece? So I believe that asking the questions that separate you from others really kind of, you know, puts you um, in a field of your own. Um, there's, there's a lot of people out there, and I was just talking to a real estate agent the other day. Her dad was getting a mortgage. Um, the lender was totally checking out and not really helping, helping her. And this was a, a, a realtor that I was working with, and... She basically said, I don't care if the rate's higher. I know you're going to provide the level of service that my dad deserves, and I want you to work with him. So having that kind of, um, you know, expectations from her, you know, just knowing the fact that I can, you know, provide the level of service and care for her her family member, you know, is is huge. So talk about listening. So listening for me, um, basically just understanding and not talking. So and you can get into a situation where, you know, when you're trying to sell, you know, you're doing a lot of talking, you're trying to tell you, tell someone how good you are. But I think for me, it's, it's really kind of just understanding, you know, more about the client and really just uncovering the things that I did not know about the client before. And those are really kind of the gifts that really I think that you can get from listening and just understanding the things that are important to them. If you just ask the questions that you really don't normally ask, like you said, you know, tell me your story or, you know, what's the scariest thing, you know, to you in this mortgage, you know, that really kind of is something that it's, it's something that kind of brings up something you don't even really know about. Um, So I, I think that really kind of helps, helps me when it comes to, you know, listening, just getting, getting them to share the things that you really wouldn't yeah. really, really hear about before. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of that Maya Angela quote, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And listening is the way that that's really, really translated. So um, I got, I got some, I got a couple of posts here. Uh, Brian Wallace says huge Travis fan. Oh, <laughs> Anne-Marie and Brian. Hello. <laughs> And then Jennifer Krauss brings up something that I'd like to just expand on. She says it's so important to incorporate the platinum rule with all your relationships. And the platinum rule was founded by a guy named Dr. Tony Alessandra, a good friend of mine in San Diego. And he said, you know, we got to remind ourselves the golden rule is do unto others as you would want to be done unto. And he talks about the platinum rule being do unto others the way that they want to be done unto. Really personalize what it is that you want to do and and how you customize your solutions and your offers to customers. And that is a defining moment. That is super disruptive when you can do that, the platinum rule. So, Jennifer, thanks for posting that. I want to talk about mindset. So you went you went from um, a scenario where. You know, you had a, a good part of your business being generated by the brand that you worked for and, and all well and good. And then you're in a right now a completely self-source kind of scenario um, yeah. that that had to be a little scary. Um, I think so you scary. I think you I'm even said like, uh, I at first very scary. It was very scary for me. Talk about I mean, because everybody has to make a decision on how they interpret fear. Right. Yeah. And right. And doing something you've never done that could impact income and joy 
and, and health and all of that. So I'd like to talk about mindset. I think mindset is, is a big, big deal to mm -hmm. success. Talk about mm -hmm. that. Well, I think you can see me when you just asked that question. I took a big deep breath. You know? <laughs> ah, so making a big change from the bank to an actual mortgage lender where I'm responsible for 100% of my business was, it was very, very scary. But I realized that my fears, you know, they're, they're all fake, right? You know, they're just, they're false. You know, we believe what we want to believe. And what I had to change and realize was the fact that my mindset is that I'm not putting my my stock into the company that I work for. I'm putting the stock in myself. I'm going all in on me. And there's wait, wait, no wait, wait. Time out, time out. Everybody write that down. I'm going all in on me. Talk about taking care of number one so you can be your best. <laughs> Go. Yeah. So, and that's the thing because here I am, um, you know, I made the transition and then immediately, you know, fear sets in and I'm like, I'm talking to Anna. I'm like, I think I made this huge mistake. You know, I had it so easy and, you know, everyone respected me, you know, 100%. What did I do? And I started talking through things with her. I'm like, listen, you, you've never been a loan officer prior to coming to the place you worked at before. You quickly worked up to being one of the number one loan officers in the company. Was that your company or was that you? And that's when she was like, it, it was me. So there's no reason why I can't do that no matter where I go. And it may not even be as a mortgage lender. I had to really go in, all in on me 100% and don't look back and just look forward. So, so last year, the theme at Mastery was fit, fast, and forward. Talk about just uh, whatever comes to mind. What is forward thinking for you? Forward thinking is are the things that I'm doing now each day going to generate, whether it be business, whether it be happiness in the future. Um, the past is the past. Um, what can I do now each and every day and focus on and be consistent with not only in business, but in life to have everything that I want to have to be as happy as I want to be um, and to, to lead the life that I want and to achieve the goals that I want. You know, I was just, uh, while you were talking about that, I, I was listening to you and I was thinking, you know, that reminds me of a, of a quote that, that I really loved. And when I was a loan officer and my manager used to tell me all the time, um, here's your thought process. If it's to be, it's up to me. You know, if it's to be, it's up to me. And we all have this opportunity to elevate the caliber of the decisions we make, the why behind the decisions we make. And I think it, it has this, this, this kind of traction to it that when you look in the mirror every day and you realize that if it's to be, it's up to me and you do every day, the actions that produce that kind of growth and, and uh, comfort and, and excitement for you, there is no, there is no real downside and, and you can look in the mirror. And I think one of the things that we talk about in connect um, which again is our brand new series. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's probably the most important curriculum I've written in, I don't know, 20 years, 25 years. Um, it's all about this idea that, that if, if it's not right here, you know, right here in my little bubble, if it's not right, right here, it's never going to be right out there, whatever there is. It can be my relationships, you know, as a dad and a husband and a mentor, it could be my, you know, my relationships with social circles or our clients. You know, at the end of the day, 
I mean, I wrote this down. Um, I am all in on me. Mm -hmm. You were, when, when you got, when this, when you guys make the decision to connect with you at the deepest level possible, then what materializes and manifests outside of that decision is second to none. And here you are six months out of the environment you were in and you, your pipeline is growing every single day. I think, I think, uh, I think you told me that, uh, you know, you just got just right before we got on, you got another $200,000 contract or something like yeah. that. And, you know, to, to go from the world you were in to the world you're now in, it says nothing about either company nope. either leadership. It doesn't say anything about any of that, but what it says is, you know, you, uh, you got a pipeline that's grown to two and a half million bucks in a brand new kind of brand new world in a brand new society. And, uh, you gotta be proud of that. It's you're all in on you. Exactly. No, uh, it's, and it's, it feels good to know that it is okay. I'm not figuring everything out right away. I'm learning new things every day. And so let me ask you a question. How important is, um, is the attitude of learning new things every day? I mean, how does, how does that, um, reconcile with you each day and, and how do you expedite your growth curve by learning as many lessons as possible sooner than later? And just talk through that. I think, um, one thing is, you know, we all have challenges and, uh, we all have things that kind of derail us or, you know, mis mistakes come up along the way, but there's like you like we were talking about a little before, there's always positive to come out of everything. So having the attitude when you're dealing through adversity and having the attitude of being positive and optimistic through challenges, you know, through mistakes and finding the positives out of that, like you said, it's going to it's going to create a far more um, productive uh, business and then a far more productive lifestyle. So yeah. I, I try to find the, the, to be positive through and have the best attitude that I can dealing through challenging times. Yeah. I reflect. I, go ahead. Yeah. I reflect back on a book I got from my grandma uh, when I was 16 and I wasn't a big book reader and I certainly wasn't thinking about, you know, uh, success as a, a, you know, a concept of what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm a, I'm 16 years old, right? The last thing a 16 year old wants to do is probably read a book from his grandmother, but the book was entitled success through a positive mental attitude. And it was written by W Clement stone and Napoleon Hill. And I remember to this day, so mind you 16, age 16, mm -hmm. I read this book. And one of the quotes that I memorized was there's very little difference between success and failure, but the little difference is the big difference. The little difference is attitude and the big difference is whether it's positive or not. And I'll never, ever forget that quote from that book from my grandmother at age 16, because I've had a lot of adversity in my life. I've had a lot of starts and stops. I've had some near death collisions physically in my car and for whatever reason was spared. I've had some near death collisions with my company and for whatever reason I was spared. And I don't think I could get through anything that that is, quote, a challenge without seeing the silver lining in it. And even in, in this COVID kind of scenario we've been in for the last 10, 10 12 weeks, um, how we grow through this is more important than just going through it. And what are the things that we're learning personally that can be new habits and new rituals and new things about um, just us, you know, and how do we, how do we thrive in challenging times and, uh, just all, it's really cool stuff. I could go on and on forever, but I think this idea of optimism and choosing an optimistic mindset 
is critically, critically important. I think that people that are optimistic will outperform people that are negative, that are pessimistic, super straightforward. 100%. So what's the, what are the three biggest lessons you've learned in the last six months? Uh, three biggest lessons. Oh, wow. So <laughs> number one, um, this isn't a new lesson, but it's a great lesson to, to always remember, you know, failure is not a bad thing, you know, yeah. learn from failure. No, um, I, I learned a, a lesson that it doesn't matter how good um, of a job I did or how the best service I, I, I did. I may not always be able to, you know, get that deal. So just understanding and learning from that and moving forward to the next one. Um, I think a main thing would be have confidence in yourself. Um, doubt is is a very powerful thing in my life that I try to minimize. And I think everybody can try to be more confident in themselves and just really focus on what makes their heart happy. I, that's one thing I look to when I make decisions now, I'm like, okay, am I happy through my heart? <laughs> I know it sounds kind of cliche, but it's really true because if I can be happy with the decision I make and fully um, be happy through my heart, then I can't second guess it and I can't go back on it. And that was one thing that I've really kind of struggled with in the past was always second guessing myself. But I just want to realize that if it comes from my heart, how can I second guess that? And um, number third, just just be kind you know, to everyone and treat them as if, you know, they're, they're your family, they're your mother, your brother, your sister. The, the, yeah, the ultimate is to, is to understand. And, and this is a big piece of connect as well, but I'll just say it to everybody. Um, the idea of, of understanding kindness and, and the understanding of the most, important relationships that you will ever have in business and in life are the relationships where you have chemistry with the people that you are living with, working with, doing business with. And um, I think of chemistry as attraction. You should be attracted to the real estate agents you serve. You should be attracted to the loan officers you hire if you're in management. You should, you should have this synergy that you feel between people that eliminates the need to manage the relationship. It really produces an effortlessness when there's chemistry. And so this whole kindness thing is you can't fake kindness. And it's really hard to be kind to people that for whatever reason you don't sync up with. And it's not bad or good. It's just there's enough people that can have a natural chemistry with you and you with them to not let a standard go down um, and try to talk yourself into a relationship. It's life's too short. And you guys that have been to the Academy know that I, I say all the time, life's too short to do business with people you don't like. The, the other thing that life's too short to do is to try to like people that are unlikable. I mean, you know, it's just super simple, right? And so choose chemistry, um, be attracted and have high, have high likability. You know, when you have high likability with borrowers, if you have high likability with real estate agents and builders, uh, if you're in a bank system with your bankers and your platform managers, if you're, you know, working different businesses, all of that is about likability and just like who you do business with. It's pretty straightforward. 
Um, Travis, I am so proud of you. I, I got all this stuff written down. I think we've covered, I think we've covered almost anything. What would you like to say to the listeners uh, as we kind of wrap up our half hour together? And uh, what are a couple of the parting uh, gems from, from Travis Craig that you can share? Besides the ones you just shared, <laughs> <laughs> um, believe in yourself and, um, you know, go, go all in on you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy to let external things kind of affect your, your internal, um, feelings and attitude, but just yeah. really kind of at your core, have the attitude and the mindset that you're not going to fail. Yeah. Super excited. Well, I put a challenge out to you before we went live and the challenge was we're going to do a one year later. Okay. Um, interview with you for sales mastery. And, uh, so, so keep your head down and keep your numbers uh, going the right way. And, uh, most importantly, the joy on your face and the happiness that I'm able to see is just, uh, it's always, it's always rewarding to me to see joy and happiness on, on somebody's face that's practicing high trust and, and executing. So very proud of you. Good job. And I, I just appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, Todd, for having yeah. me. So if anybody's watching this, go ahead and feel share, feel free to, to share uh, your with your team. Uh, we do these interviews every Tuesday and Thursday at nine o'clock. They last a half an hour. Um, next week, we have an interview with the retired president, uh, CEO of the NBA, Dave Stevens. He and I are going to have a, a marketplace discussion next Tuesday. And then we've got a really great interview set up for next Thursday. So um, hats off to everybody. Hope you guys have a great weekend and appreciate you watching Coffee with Todd and uh, continued success. Go all in on you. This is Todd Duncan. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Did you know that Elon Musk has a brain coach? If a billionaire entrepreneur who's redefining the automobile and space travel industries has a coach, I think everybody needs a coach to become the best version of themselves. You may not have dreams of launching a rocket into space, but if you want to take your business and your life to the next level in less time with less stress, I encourage you to schedule a free coaching call with one of our certified coach consultants today. It's absolutely free, and I believe it's the opportunity you need to have your best life ever. Visit HighTrustCoaching.com or click the link in the show notes below to schedule today.